and the discussion rages on. Should you sell in every email? Or should there be like 90% content, 10% selling? What should we do? We're going to find out in this episode. It's been going back and forth as a discussion for a really long time, hasn't it? A very, very, very long time. He wrote the opening chapter to a book six years ago, and he will never write the rest. It's hypnotist Robert Temple. And he throws out a pen if he loses its cap. It's mind reader Kennedy. Let's kick off the show. Robin Kennedy can get inside your head. Now they can help you see how your subscribers think instead. Also, just, just for completeness, I will also throw out a cap if I lose its pen. Nobody got time for that. Welcome back to the show, friends. We're here every single week helping course creators, coaches, membership site owners make email marketing way less of a numbers game and put the odds back in your favor with harder hitting, higher converting, psychology driven email marketing. Hey, this is Rob and Kennedy. Hello. The email marketing heroes. And as we alluded to, we didn't allude, we outright told you, this week we are talking about how much value do you give your email subscribers and how do you make sure that there's a really good balance of sales and email and value in your emails, but without taking away from your ability to sell. Super important. Before we do that, you probably have a bunch of subscribers on your list who haven't yet bought anything from you. And a great solution to that is to run a flash sale. So we'd love to give you our complete, comprehensive, ready-to-go flash sale campaign. You just fill in a few blanks, send it out to your list and just make more sales immediately, straight away. I was trying to say something posh in like French or something, but I couldn't. If you want to download the campaign and just... Yeah, like now Missimo or something. I don't know. That sounds more Italian. If you want to download the campaign and just and use it, then you just need to go to this simple website address vis-a-vis the following. It's www.theemailmarketingshow.com forward slash flash sale. All one word, because otherwise it wouldn't be a website address. There you go. Right. So shall we get shall we get shall we sort of handbrake turn in uh, this week's content, Rob? Yes. So there's an ongoing thing where we meet loads of people who don't send that many salesy emails to their list. And one of the things we say is, well, how many times do you email your list? And they might say, well, once a week, twice a week, once a month, something like that. And I say, how many times do you sell in those emails? And they say, oh, you know, maybe half of them. We think, God, you're really cutting down on a huge opportunity to actually make sales because you're not asking for the sale all that often, right? Exactly. That that's the thing. And if the th- for me, if you are only emailing your list once a month, which is like loads of people we meet, you know, loads of fellow creator of coursery types, and you go, oh, I'll email them in the monthly newsletter. Then uh, and you're only doing it monthly. That means you're only communicating twelve times a year. That's it. And in a world that is so overcrowded and so busy and noisy, that's, uh, that's, quite, that's quite crazy to us. So we always try to encourage people to do it slightly more often than that. But then people say, well, how often shall I sell in those emails? How often? And we are pretty much of the belief that you shouldn't be emailing people with anything that does not lead towards a sale. Now, we're going to go into some methodologies for how do you 
send content to people that doesn't move people away from that sales process. Because as we always say, everything you do is persuading people either towards or away from the thing that you're trying to persuade them to. Now, if you're not con- if you're not doing it consciously, you're doing it unconsciously. And the con- if you're just sending blind content because it's good stuff, it's valuable, it's funny, it's educational, but it's not moving people towards understanding why they should buy your product, then the chances are it's taken them away from it. It's distracting them. So, for example, we obviously teach email marketing. If we then send you an email about, oh, I'll tell you what's great, you should go and do this thing about Instagram. You might go, oh, Instagram. And then you'll forget about how wonderful email marketing is. So so we'll have lost your interest, which is not serving us as a business. So we want to keep you on the track of why email marketing is so important. Just as a little uh, little example there. Here's, here's how I like to think about it. You've probably got sales pages or sales processes for your stuff, whether that's a webinar or whether it's a long form sales letter or a sales page, whatever it is. You've got some sort of thing that somebody should read from top to bottom or watch from beginning to end. And by the end of it, they should be compelled to buy your product. The problem is we live in a world where that's not just on its own enough without a bit of backup. You're definitely not going to make all the sales you could make if you just give people that one crack of the whip to buy it. And so what I think really is a good way of thinking about this is how can I create other things Mm. that have value and hold value for my subscribers, but also help to overcome objections, solve problems, answer the questions that that letter or that thing in its own right can't do. Like beyond that, how do I make sure that I touch base with them? Because otherwise people actually have a better relationship with their favorite character in a soap opera than they do with you because they hear from that person and know more about them than they do about you. So what we're going to talk about here, but first I think there's a really interesting thing to pull out of this, which is Please, please, please believe and know wholeheartedly that simply receiving your emails has value for people in its own right. Whether they've subscribed to receive your emails or whether they opted in for um, a lead magnet or something, and then you've got them round to the idea of hearing from you. Actually receiving your emails brightens people's days. Please do not feel guilty about the fact you're sending more emails. We get replies, and I'm sure you do as well, to my emails saying that I needed to hear this today. Definitely. So, so that's the first thing, just to underline underline all of this. And, and on the opposite side of that, when you have a day when you're talking about something shitty that's happening in your life, the replies you get from people going, are you okay? I, I feel you. And they they identify more with you and they have more trust, and you have a, a tighter bond with them because they realize you are not the invincible superhuman. You are vulnerable, and the the thing about vulnerability is it's the it's the it's the best way to build relationships with people. So let's take a look at some ways of delivering content, actual value content in emails, which is not just, hey, the time is running out, you better go and bloody buy this thing dead quick, and here's the features and here's the benefits of my product, because that's just that's just one way of selling, right? What you can do yeah, instead is use, is use content within the emails myself, where there is actual value in the emails, right? So, let's crack on. First one. Shall I do uh, the first one, Rob? Shall I say how we're doing this? Was I going to say? Go for it, yeah. Right, okay. Why not? So, the first thing we want to talk about, or share with you, I suppose, is about creating a short video. Now, you don't need to get all fancy. In fact, 
A lot of testing is showing that the fancy studio videos, even from massive brands, big marketers and gurus who you've heard of, um, they're see- we're all seeing that the the professional studio shot, beautifully filmed out in the great locations videos are underperforming compared to candid, make it on your phone videos. Bear in mind, the camera in my Samsung S10 that I've got here is better than the very expensive expensive DSLR Canon that I've got in one of the boxes sitting behind us on the floor. So the ca- the, co- the quality of that camera is better, but also those candid videos do produce, do perform much better. Create a video which teaches them what they should be doing and why that's important. And the thing they should be doing is the thing your course or your membership or your coaching helps them to do. So in our case, let's say we're going to talk about our program, Remote Control Persuasion, right? So we've got this cracking program, Remote Control Persuasion, teaches you how to be more influential, how to influence people when you're not in the same room as them. So in order to, to, to sell that, we need to have a piece of content, a video, which teaches people, hey, actually, whether you like it or not, and whether you're trying or not to, actually what I said at the beginning of the, of the episode, weirdly enough, you are influencing people. You are persuading people, right? So we need to tell them that, and we need to tell them that they should be under. We, we should be understanding how to persuade people positively, why it's important, and that they should be doing it. So we create a little video, we grab our camera, we go somewhere, or we stay indoors, whatever, whack on the video and say, look, did you know this? This is really important that you understand how you're influencing people, how every communication you put out there, whether it's a tweet or it's a an email or it's a video you put out there, everything you do is communicating something. And it's really important that you understand that when you're communicating, you are persuading, you are influencing people. So you've got to really be conscious of the things you're saying, whether you're communicating people and persuading people towards what you want them to do or away from what you want them to do. So have a good time with that. And that's the bit of content. That's a lovely bit of content. People go, oh, I hadn't really thought about that. I do have to think about what I'm saying rather than just spouting any old crap that comes into my head because I want to be Gary V or I want to be... I want to be all these other these other gurus, right? So, because those guys are very persuasive, then the things they say and the way they say them are very influential, and they've they've learned and mastered how to do that. So, once you've got that video, what we're going to do with the video, Rob? So now I would stick it. You can actually, frankly, you could put it on any of the video hosting platforms and have it as a casual YouTube video. You can stick it on a just a blank white page with your logo at the top. You stick it on a page and send people to watch that video. And if you think about how that looks to your person, bear in mind, all we're trying to do here is to create the perception of real value because value is just a perceptional thing. It's no like defined standard. What I take value in is going to be different from what you find value in. So value is only a perception anyway. And all you're trying to overcome when you say, I can't just sell to my people all the time, is you you need them to feel like they're getting value from you. And again, so value is just a perception. So you send people to that video however you want to. By the end of it, there is some sort of value being gotten. Again, ideally by teaching them the the what and the why, but not the how, because that's what you sell. That's what they're going to pay you for or join your membership for. And so now I do typically, personally, try and make that piece of content somehow lean forward towards the next thing. So it might be at the end of the video, I would reference a thing that says, I'm, I'm, in a couple of days time, I'm going to send you another part of this video. I'm going to basically tell them to expect something else to happen 
A, because that opens a loop in their mind and they're now more interested in it, but also just the fact that I want them to know that actually this is only a step in the process of what I'm trying to help them to do. They shouldn't just watch that video and then go and unsubscribe because that's, you know, they're, they're fixed now. They don't need anything else. So that's what's going to happen. It also with means that. when that email does arrive that says, here's another thing, that's not a surprise. It's sort of like, oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't expect that. What, what is this? More email? Like they, they know there's going to be something else because that has opened that loop. So we've sent them an email that says, hey, go check out this video. Then what we're going to do is anybody who clicks that link, you're going to just track. You're going to you're going to tag them with something. Or I, I'll put them on a different list. You're going to identify those people. And then anybody who has clicked to go and watch that video, you are going to send the promotion to because they are your hyper responders. They are already pre-framed and they know why what you're selling is important and they know that they should be doing it. So that's the first bit of content. Remember that bit, that email didn't have any sell- selling in it. It just had, hey, I've just made this video, go check it out. Content, but it moves them towards the right thing. It's a bit like if you look at uh, Jeff Walker in his product launch formula concept, talks about the sideways sales letter, that by having three content videos, in his case, as part of the launch thing, you take your sales page and turn it sideways and it happens over a period of time. Effectively, you're you you can take that concept and just spread it out over a long period of time. Some people are going to take months and months and months before they make the decision to buy from you. And so every little thing that you have just nudges them closer towards making that decision. And at each point, some of those people will drop out and become customers. And that's great. So that's really cool. The second way to really stick a load of value into your emails is actually by using the lessons from your life as part of your part of your emails, whether you send those emails every day. The things that you see while you're out at the chip shop, the things you see while you're traveling on the train. Kennedy and I, whenever we go anywhere, first of all, the most bizarre things happen to us. Like we went into a coffee shop, asked for a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, and they said, oh, we're too busy, try the butchers. Like things like that, just crazy things happen. <laughs> and so everywhere we go, Everywhere we go, we, we jumped on a train. We were heading down to Northampton to speak at Janet Murray's event last year. We hopped on a train. On the train journey, we ended up getting missing a train. We had to get on a different train from the one we should have been on, tiny little two-carriage train. We said to the guy on the train, the, the train guard, where's first class? And he went, it's all first class, mate. And we thought that was the best response anyone could ever have. And so we decided that we would use that as an email. So everywhere you go, there's emails. And we have this little expression that says, oh, that's an email, that's an email, that's an email. I think on that one day's journey, we probably could have written two weeks worth of emails quite comfortably, just with stuff we saw, things that happened, things that we noticed. You, you see what you look for. So taking those little stories and the fun things that happen and weaving them into lessons, like we could easily have taken that story about it's all first class and turned that into, it's all about how you position yourself. It's all about how you position things or it's all about perception. So you can take stuff and weave little lessons out of life. It's the stuff you would get home at the end of a day and you would say to your partner or your kids or whoever, the burglar that's broken in, you would say, do you know what happened today, love? <laughs> I always address the burglar as love. Always that. Pop, pop that yeah. candlestick down because obviously live in a mansion from the from the 1800s. Pop the candlestick down, love. And everybody has those stories when you get home or when your partner gets home from work and you say, do you know what happened today? You'll never believe this. And you tell them a story. Weave a lesson out of that story. There's lessons in everything. And so that's value. And even if even if you send an email 365 days a year and 365 days a year, it's a little story with a little lesson in it. And at the end, there's a PS. If you want to find out more about this thing, go and buy this WhatsApp. There is so much value in those emails. Like I said before, there's value in the fact they're receiving your emails anyway. But if you weave those little lessons out of stories. You can do that 365 days a year, every year for the rest of your life. 
uh, for as long as it's legal to do email marketing, you can do all of those things and people will love it and get value from that, even though there's a sales pitch in every one. Exactly. The next one we'll talk about is... I call them checklists. They're not sort of in, in the traditional sense, checklists, I suppose. But one of my favorites is like, here's three things you need to be better at in order to big outcome that they want. All right. So let's say here's three things that you need to be in order to write your first book. Making things up, right? And then I'll say you need to do, you need to be able, you need to have an area of expertise. Oh, I'm going to make things up now. Uh, you need to have a big idea that makes it different. And third, you need to have a system. They're the three things you need to do in order to have your book. So once you've got those three things, you're ready to write your own book. Crack on. That sounds like great. Oh, that's the three. I've learned something. I need to have, those are the three things I need to have in order to write a book. The next day, I might, ha- I've got a book writing course, maybe. I'm just making it up, of course. But so the next day, I say, hey, I've got this really good book writing course where I show you how to position yourself as an expert, how to create your own framework, and how to come up with your big idea. Oh my gosh, they're the three things I need to have in order to write a book, and you're going to tell me how to have them. You're my hero. So the checklist, and it could be to do with the entire product you're selling, it could be to do with one element of the product you're selling, or your course, whatever the heck it is, it's the it's the checklist, or here's some things that you need in order to whatever. Very, very, very effective. And it's content. Really easy implementation of that that we did really recently, by the way, is for our membership program, The League, we did one of our monthly uh, hotline calls where we jump on a call and answer people's questions. And we had three specific people got on the call to talk about what it was that they wanted to talk about. And at the end of it, we there were three totally different types of business owner and it, with three different problems. At the end of it, we realized that there were three primary lessons that came out of that that applied to all of them. And so in a quick email the following day, I just said, look, we had a great call with these three people last night, totally different people, totally different problems, but they all had these three things in common, three things they needed to do. This one, this one, and this one. Go and do that because it probably applies to you as well. Speak soon. Well, that's the end of the email. P.S. If you want help to do those three things, go and check out the league because you get all of this hands-on help too. And again, really easy way to do all of that stuff. Next one is to use a case story. So take somebody either, not necessarily like a client of yours who did this thing, and that's quite testimonially case study-ish, like sales pitch in, 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 um, in disguise. It sort of works. Basically, if you can talk about somebody, either a client of yours or just somebody who's done a great thing and you can leverage the, 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 the methods they used. So that could be McDonald's, who are not a client of yours, but they did this amazing piece of marketing. And here's how you make that apply in your business. That's a cool case story about a company who did a thing and how that applies to them. Likewise, it could be my client, Jeff, who has a shoe shop in Minnesota, did this cool thing and look how great this is. And this was the outcome. Now imagine what that could do for you. Here's how he did it. So again, it's very much, or here's what he did. It's very much what he did and why it worked. And if you would like the help to get the same thing, but you could, you can, without even doing the call to action, they start to paint the picture in their head of, wow, if you could do that for Jeff with the shoe shop in Minnesota, what could he possibly do for me? Or what could she possibly do for me? So case stories are really powerful too. Very, very powerful things, those case stories. So you receive an email and I've received many like this before from other great marketers. We do it ourselves where you say, Hey, we're having a great discussion about this important thing that's really important to your audience in our Facebook group or over on Twitter or wherever the heck it happens to be, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever. I'd love you to come and get in, come and get involved. 
that is what's what we call send to social. It's sending people over your social media to go and consume a bit of content. It's usually a video or watch the, I've given you the 12 points to writing a really good email newsletter or whatever it's going to be. And that bit of content, rather than being on a sales page or being on your blog, you've put it over on social media. The reason that works really well is because Social media are seen as the place where you share content, not where you directly offer things. Whereas websites, that's where people try and back you into a corner and put a big add to cart button. Whereas if you say, hey, I've put this video that I shot over on Facebook, I think you'll really enjoy it. And people go to social media, it's much less barrier to entry. It feels much more social and it gets people to go and check that out that video. Of course, you can track those links those link clicks, and you can track the people on social media if they're watching a video, for example, about how much of that video they watch, and then show them ads based on that information as well. So send people over to social media. Related to that is like an an extension of send people to social media, which is where we ask for people's opinions, right, Rob? Yeah. So maybe you're launching a new program and you're not quite sure what the logo should look like. Or or even if you know exactly what you think the logo should look like, it's still worth casting it out there for opinion as well. We did this when we launched the email marketing show. We didn't know whether the branding should be red, which it is, or blue, which it isn't, as you probably noticed. So we put it out there on the social media to get opinions. We also sent it to our list. And so it's a really cool thing to bring people in on the creation of your product. Now, of course, that is getting value, is giving them value because you're 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 kind of you're, you're transposing the value onto them. You're showing that you value them is what you're actually doing. You're showing that you value them and their opinion and that they're important to you. And you're also seeding the fact that you have something coming and that there's something interesting that they should be involved in. And when people feel more involved in something, when they feel like they were a part of its its creation, they really feel much more emotionally connected to it. So they definitely feel value when you then start to tell them about the thing that you're creating as well, and why they should buy it, and you go into the launch process. So whenever you, you know, whenever you're doing something new, take the opportunity to just even if you, I, I would say whenever you're doing anything new, find one thing that you could go to your list and ask for their opinion on and send them to a page where they can do it. Or you could do it on a survey or you could just have the two images side by side in an email and let them click the one they want. Instagram's a great place to do this, isn't it? With the polling option. It's a great thing to do that. Absolutely love it. It's it's really powerful. Okay. Well, the last one we're going to give you, and then we've got some, I've got a great listeners question this week. So make sure you, you stick around for that, by the way, because it, it's really good. Anyway, um, bit controversial. Early bird registration is the next thing we want to talk about. And that is, you're going to say to people, rather than, hey, go buy this thing, the other bit of content we're going to give them is, hey, we're going to be opening up, in, we're going to be sending information out about this new program I'm running, which gets this outcome. If you'd like to hear about how I get people that outcome and my new program, go put your email address in over here. Click this link and they go over. So there's no direct sales pitch in there. It's saying, hey, identify yourself. Put your hand up, raise your hand, say, hey, who in this room, this virtual room of my email list, wants to hear about this thing in particular? Get, We are a huge fan. We use it a lot, the early bird registration list. You've probably seen us do it a million times. You get people to go and register for the early bird registration. And that, again, is seen as valuable content rather than, hey, just shouting and barking sales at people like a greengrocer on the street. So there you go. There's a whole bunch of great ways that you can give amazing value to your subscribers while still selling to them, while still moving them down that sales process and moving them closer and closer to the sale without just giving them a load of free stuff. And tra- and this is the big thing. You need to avoid training people to just be the person who gives them everything for free because that's so, so, so important. 
Yeah, because if that's what you are, as soon as you offer people things, you're going to see massive unsubscribes, low engagement. You're going to have the wrong people on your list. You want to get rid of those people as quickly as possible. Let's move into this week's listener's question. Hi, guys. Alex Thompson here from ACT Copywriting, and I want to ask you about curiosity-based subject lines. For me, they work really well for e-commerce, where as a receiver of their emails, you're not really expecting much other than being kept up to date with sales and things like that. But when you're trying to nurture and build a genuine relationship with your list, do you agree with me in that curiosity-based subject lines are a little bit sneaky and do more harm than good in the long run? Oh, there you go. Well, we can only do one thing, Rob. We have to ask the oracle questions. What would Julie Andrews do? Rob, you're up. I actually love really blind curiosity-based subject lines. And I find that generally, both for opens, clicks and sales, they typically outperform the really benefit-driven how to do X, Y, Z in Z thing. Like for me, if I can put a subject line that is um, llama for sale, that gets better reactions, even though the thing in the email has nothing to do with llamas. And the truth is, because people came into my into our world and into our list for one of my businesses, the first subject line they received from me is uh, has the subject line sticky underpants and that's totally fine because the email goes on to, to set that but it also sets the tone of my personality and the fact that the subject lines going forward are going to be a little bit different and they are going to be a little bit crude and so i think in all in all areas of marketing people get used to what they receive from day one and so if somebody opts in and you're quite straight laced and you keep everything very professional and then suddenly there's a wacky curiosity driven subject line that is going to start to harm your results but if you use that personality throughout from beginning to end i think curiosity is the way forward that's what i like in my stuff yeah i mean I'm, I'm sort of the same but what i prefer to do is actually mix it up i think one of the things we can all get get trapped into is using the same methodology across everything and becoming formulaic and i think one of the things you all have to do is learn to stand out in the inbox so if you're only ever using wacky or curiosity driven subject lines i think your list's gonna go up oh, here it is again. Every time you walk into a room going, surprise! After a while, as soon as you walk around that corner, you're expecting the surprise. So you can do, you can mix it up. I think you should definitely mix it up with how-tos, with three ways to, with um, closing time, which is very blatantly obvious, um, kind of stating, something. get the whole essence of the email in the subject line. I think curiosity is just one of the tools in the arsenal, and you need to use all the different tools in that tool belt. No gunge today. No gunge. No gunge. Gunge-free moment. There we go. That was, uh, so that was, uh, it was interesting how we had kind of different opinions on that one, actually, Rob. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, t- I totally agree with you, incidentally. Uh, but I do think, I do think curiosity is probably the most powerful tool we have as a subject line, um, incidentally. If you uh, have a question that you'd love to get answered here by the email marketing heroes on the email marketing show, you can send in your questions. Send them in. We'll love to hear them. You can record them just to send them to us on Instagram as a voice message, just Rob and Kennedy. You can send them to us any way you like. You can hunt us down and put them on a cassette. You can, uh, what's the website they have to go to? If they want to do it through the special way, they just go to theemailmarketingshow.com, right? Yep, they can do it right there on the right-hand side. There's a big orange obnoxious button that says record your voice here and we'll receive that straight into the inbox. Lovely stuff. Actually, incidentally, where are the show notes for this episode? You'll find them over at theemailmarketingshow.com forward slash value. 
slash value. Thanks very much. Okay, so it's time for... Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Okay, I've got a great one for you that I received from Ryan Dice, His Royal Highness. Um, And it was this. 1,630 businesses are closing tomorrow, question mark. We actually talked about this just yesterday, didn't we? I was like, have you seen this subject line? I know you got the split test on this, didn't you? Yeah, I was just gra- literally grabbing my phone just to take a look. But the, the basically the other one was 20, th- it's it's that multiplied by the by 30 or something. So one 1,630 multiplied by, or maybe it was the year. Anyway, it was how many businesses are closing in a month or in a year. So they were testing by tomorrow and the month or the year. And yeah, super powerful because it, grab- it grabbed my attention too, which is why when you mentioned this one, I said, oh yeah, I got the split test. So really, really cool. It's It's got um, it's got the shock of <gasps> what in it, hasn't it? It's got and a really specific terror. number in it. You're like, what is that? And what's really nice about the context of what, go- what goes on is actually that's generally how many businesses close every year, every day, Anyway, that's it's basically the number of businesses that close every year divided by 365, and it's the number 1,630. But it looks like you just go, oh my God, what's happening in the world? That means that many people are going to close tomorrow. One really, really cool thing about it, actually, and this is so subtle, is the question mark on the end. Mm. So, for example, if we said, like, let's imagine that subject line was not true. It, it was... Donald Trump dyes his hair or something, right? At the end of it, it could be question mark. It's almost as if you're, you've taken something that could be fake news. 1,630 businesses are closing tomorrow. Could be fake news for all we know. Taken that and now you're going to talk about it. So the question mark's really powerful for driving that home as well. Yeah, yeah. Making something into a question versus a statement probably is an interesting thing to try in your subject lines. That's this. Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Rob, do you want to tell people about that free gift we've got? Because it is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, one of the major problems that every marketer has is the fact that you've got a bunch of subscribers you've opted in and just haven't become customers yet. And so you need to do something to push them over the edge. The quicker you do that and make them customers, the better. So we love to run a flash sale, a really short, sharp sale-driven campaign. And so we're going to give you all of the emails that you can use. It's actually being taken out of our best-selling book, The Email Marketer's Game Plan. And we can give you the whole campaign, all the emails, just fill in a few blanks, copy and paste the whole thing, and you're ready to go. You can go and download it totally free, just go to theemailmarketingshow.com forward slash flash sale and you'll be able to download it there. That's it for another episode. Thanks for joining us. It's been a long one, but I hope you got loads of value out of it. Remember, if you haven't already, smash the subscribe button. Make sure you don't miss out on next week's show. We'll see you next week.